you're okay with going to Lambeau Field in the playoffs because boy, I am not. Ben's overcooked. Take him out the oven. I was going to say, you know those shirts that people get at places that say, I survived whatever? You need one that says, I survived Jameis. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your tired host, Justin Wright, joined today, as always, by my co-host, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? Uh, good. I, I'm the not-so-tired co-host today, but I'm also not the one who's been starting his school year and uh, coaching kids on top of it. So, Yeah. Um, first couple of days of school, I got there at like 7, got home at 7, like 12-hour days. Um, I've been I've been cutting it back a little bit, though. I've been getting home at 7 still, but I've been going to school like, like 7.30, so... Yeah. You know, really, really cutting it back. Cutting it back to that 11 and a half hour day. Ooh. Yeah. You, you deserve that extra half hour off. <laughs> uh, what yeah. the people want to know, what I want to know is how's practice going? Though? How's the team shaping up? Oh, it's been going pretty good. We're, we're a pretty small team right now. Um, we've got like just enough kids to feel the team. Um, so we've been doing quite a bit of conditioning right now. And yeah, just kind of getting ready. We've got a while till our first game, but we'll be ready. Nice. When is the first game? Uh, next month, it is the... Um, let me pull up my calendar here real quick. I believe it is the 14th of next month. Nice. So not too long after that Bucks Thursday night season opener. Yeah. Man, I... Well, we'll talk about the Bucks here in a little bit. Um. Man, well, we'll talk about that too in here a little bit, but yeah, it's um been a long, it's been a good start to the year though. I'm tired. Last night I went to bed at like eight o'clock. Dang, yeah, uh, burning the candle at both ends right now. Yep. So, yeah, busy. Well, busy, congr- busy, busy. congratulations on all of that. Uh, this week we're, we're here to talk about our bread and butter. Uh, yeah, dude. NFC, we tackled the AFC best we could last week. Uh, and this week we're here to talk about the uh, premier conference in the NFL. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> let's talk some NFC. Um, yeah, let's do you want to do this just like we did last week, kind of go through the divisions, break down how we think things are going to shake out, how each team we see doing and just prattle from there. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. I think so. So do we want to start with the NFC North? I think we started in the North last time. Yeah, let's save our two divisions for last. I'm good with starting right. with the North. Uh, do you have anybody uh, who's not the Green Bay Packers winning this division? No, I think the Green Bay Packers are king of the North. I do too. Uh, king by a country mile, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, even if Rodgers for some reason decides, hey, I'm not playing, man, or just like, like if he has like a 2019 season where he basically plays lazy football, um, like where he's putting in, you know, kind of minimal effort like he did then, I still think they win this division. They, they have the talents around him on the team, and if they have to, they've got a, a, a fairly decent rookie quarterback to fall back upon. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I have the Packers as a 12-win team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if Rodgers, uh, as you put it, 
doesn't uh, full heartedly have football on his mind. Maybe he's busy thinking about that Jeopardy opening for the uh, the host. Uh, whatever the case may be, maybe if, if he's not, even if he's not uh, at his MVP level, the Packers are going to win this division because no offense, the team that I have second behind him is Chicago. I don't think the Vikings or the Lions are going to be anywhere close to what Green Bay is capable of doing this year. Uh, And who knows, we might get the opposite effect of Aaron Rodgers being lackluster. He might be so mad at his situation that he's going to show the Packers what he can do. Wouldn't that be the biggest middle finger? Take him to a Super Bowl and then be done. Because he is going to be done in Green (laughs) Bay after this year, no matter what. Yeah. That is the other possibility, I think, is that he basically puts on a clinic and shows other teams how good he really is. I mean, we all know that, but, like, hey, I'm worth a lot. Come get me. Yeah, and, I mean, he's already had a lot of sway this offseason, basically telling the front office who's going to be brought back, uh, you know, and he he's bringing everybody back, getting the old band back together with mm-hmm. uh, Randall Cobb and – and company and there's even rumors floating around that they might get clay matthews back at his request and i guess that kind of turned out to be a joke but yeah i i didn't think that would happen um but yeah you've got a you've got a pretty big portion of that team that's pretty pretty upset i think about how that championship game went down last year because they had a lot of opportunities that they just flushed away um you got Rodgers. I mean, yeah, I think that whole offense is really upset. I think there's portion of that defense that are pretty upset too because the Bucks kind of burned them in some areas. That Scotty Miller touchdown, like, like I think it was awesome, but like that shouldn't have happened. They blew that coverage so hard. Oh, from a defensive standpoint, it was atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think Green Bay is going to into the year pissed, and a pissed off Green Bay is a scary thing. For sure. And their schedule, I think, also favors a winning record. If, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, for them easily. But, you know, you've got games against you got two against the Lions. You've got two against the Vikings. Uh, I think they're going to win all four of those games. In fact, the only division game I have them losing is on the road to Chicago. But you've got teams like Cincinnati. You've got teams like uh, the Saints, who I really don't know what they're going to be yet. We're going to get to them. You've got Washington. You've I hate to even say my team's name in this, but we never do good in Lambeau Field, and that's what no. it is this year. So, how late is it in the season? It's about midway through week ten. So oh, that's not so bad. I know winter games are just—they're the worst for the Seahawks. There, like I remember watching one a couple of years ago, and it's just like it, it seemed like it was over before it started. Yeah, it's that tends I, to I be. Think, <laughs> I think it it's goes. a big mentality thing too. Like you guys have a really bad record there during the winter. And I think, I think you guys go in and it's just like, so I'm going to ask you a little trivia question. Uh, I know the answer to this and it's depressing, but do you know when the last time the Seahawks won in green Bay was 1986? Okay. It's a little sooner than that. It was 1999. Okay. (laughs) I just hoped it was enough confidence that I got it right. Still, uh, still not in this century. So yeah, that's 21 years, 22 years this year. Holy cow. That was back when uh, Mike Holmgren was a first-year head coach for the Seahawks. So it's been a minute since we walked out of Lambeau with a victory. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I don't want to dwell on that too much. But the point is the Packers have a schedule, I think, that favors them uh, 
winning this division and winning so easily and even their yeah. quote unquote tougher games are in green bay they've got the rams in green bay and they've got the browns who i think are going to be good in green bay and they've got arizona at home mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know give me the packers win in the north put it in a stone yeah i agree um you said you have the bears second i also have the bears second um i think they carry a lot of talent on that defense still um You know, especially with, you know, Khalil Mack is just a, a generational talent. That that man is insane at defense. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, but they've got a good defense still. I think the biggest thing is if the Chicago Bears can overcome their own coaching. Because I think there's some decisions that have been made there in the past couple of years, like coaching decisions that – I don't necessarily agree with. There's also been a, a, a good tablespoon of bad luck thrown in, but. <laughs> or a couple I of cups. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting you bring up coaching because I was going to say, I still don't know how I feel about Matt Nagy as a head coach. Uh, it's week to week with me, honestly. Yeah, there's there's times where he's like, man, this man's a genius. And then there's times like, you have one of the greatest defenses in football and he's not using them to their full potential. Yeah. Um, but the thing, you know, one of the things I always go back to is on offense though, when you had Tariq Cohen here, you know, two years ago, I think it was, was just rolling. He was a beast of a running back at the time. And then he just started to get phased out of the offense more and more. It's like, I just, I don't understand it. And, I'm not an NFL coach. I watch the Bears sparingly at best, but I I don't understand that personally. And I I think, yeah, Matt Nagy is just kind of a toss-up. I think he's probably a really good, like, O coordinator, you know, maybe a positions coach, but I don't know that he's a long-term head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's an average head coach at best. Uh I will ask you, speaking of coaching decisions he's made, he just made a pretty big one that Andy Dalton is going to be the week one starter against the Rams. How do you feel about that based off the two preseason games we've seen with Justin Fields so far? Um, I'll give you two answers here. One on what I expected, because this is what I expected. They did the, set, the same thing with Glennon when he was paid starter money and we all knew he wasn't a starter um, when they, after they drafted Trubisky. They did the same thing. They said he was going to start, and he did. He started for, I think, two, three weeks, and then he was out. Um, as far as what I've seen in the preseasons, I think Fields should be starting. I think Fields looks really good. I understand letting him sit and watch and learn. But I think before September is over, we see Justin Fields starting as a, the Chicago Bears quarterback. Uh, I agree with you. I I will say I'm actually okay with the decision not to start in week one. Uh, I think just the situation you're going into, uh, I I think you don't want to throw your rookie quarterback, even if it is Justin Fields, into the Wolves against the Rams on the road on Sunday night football. I think that the Bears are much more okay doing that with Andy Dalton because if it goes horribly wrong, they can fall back on that saying, well, you know, it's Andy Dalton. And I agree. He's going to be on a very short leash. And I think within one or two weeks, uh, Fields will be starting in Chicago. 
So I don't know. We'll see what Andy Dalton's really made of in that first game for sure. But I'm okay with the decision for now. But I, like you, I don't expect it to last long. I think Andy Dalton's days are numbered. And I think we all kind of know it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, moving on from the Bears. I think we're going to disagree here. And I, I will admit, I think this is a coin flip of a third and a fourth place. But I, I think the Detroit Lions are on the up. I think they're on the upswing. Interesting. I will say a lot of that is their new coach, Dan Campbell. I am really high on him. I really, I really like him, and I like what he's bringing to the team. Um, you know, not only is I think he's bringing in a good culture. Uh, from what I've seen in his press interviews, I really like his energy, and um. You know, he doesn't really mince words. You know, they just cut their long snapper of many years on his 40th birthday. And Dan Campbell's like, yeah, I'm that asshole. But, you know, it was what was best for the team. And so I I think he's going to bring the best out of these Lions, even if, you know, they aren't the best team. So I think think the Lions are going to be scrappy. I think... They finally got Matt Patricia out of there. I think there's they're seeing this as a glimmer of hope, you know, that this is going to be a new Lions team. I think it's still going to be rough, but I think they're they're coming out, and Dan Campbell especially is going to show this team that they have something to prove. So I'm really high on them, like I said. I still think they, they take third, and it, I, it's probably going to be down to, like, the last two games honestly interesting okay so i i have them at fourth uh and i might be a little harsh here i don't i'm not excited for this lions team this year i am excited about uh their new coach he is a very fiery guy this is the dude that wanted to get a live lion at practice to motivate (laughs) people so i i like him i like the energy he brings so far but i'm looking at this lion's schedule and in their first seven games, I think they lose six of them. Uh, they have a brutal start to the year. They have the 49ers. They have the Packers. They have the Ravens. They have the Bears on the road. They have the Vikings on the road. They have the Bengals at home, which I think they win. And then they hit the road again and take on the Rams. Uh, that's a gauntlet to start your season. And I don't know. I just – I'm not as – high on the lines i guess as you are mostly because of quarterback uh jared goff really doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me and yeah he's got a pretty good o-line now with panacea will over from oregon in the draft but i just don't see enough yet i guess to uh, to put this team in front of the vikings in the division yeah and i will say i i think i'm not as harsh on jared goff as you are he was in your division, a division rival, um, but he has shown some pretty decent quarterback talent. I don't think he's, you know, the Rams contract that he got quarterback worthy, but he has shown some flashes of really, really good football. Um, and if Dan Campbell can coach to his strength and scheme to his strengths, I think that Jared Goff can be successful in Detroit, I think a change of scenery might be what that kid needs. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say. It's tough to say the lions are so, 
uh, young right now, really. Yeah. You know, now that Stafford is gone. And, and I think, you know, speaking of Stafford, sorry to cut you off. I think you're good. I think that trade is the best of both worlds for Goff and Stafford. I think they both need to get out of their situations. And I think they're both going to thrive in their new environments. Yeah. And we've talked about this before on the show too. I think the trade, uh, as far as the in terms of the two quarterbacks was a win-win for each of those guys, but yeah, I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the lions play out. Uh, I agree with you though. in the fact that, I mean, they're not going to be second in this division. They're definitely not yeah. going to break into the upper echelon there. Uh, third, I do have the Vikings. If you are ready to talk about the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the Vikings, I guess. So they did bring Everson Griffin back, uh, and that comes with a fair share of drama, I guess, as he has to apologize for some comments he made about Kirk Cousins when he was off the team. But uh, Everson Griffin helps any defense, without a doubt. Uh, Dude's a fantastic pass rusher, and I don't know. I don't think the Vikings have enough in the tank to get by the Bears in this division. Uh, but I do have them as a seven-win team. Uh, I think they finish at a fairly comfortable third. That's just me. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback at best. Uh, much like you said with Jared Goff, he has shown instances of being great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. And I do like Mike Zimmer as a head coach. I think Zimmer's a really good coach. I think he knows how to get the best out of his guys. It's just that his guys this year aren't necessarily the best. They lost Stefan Diggs. That's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The Vikings just kind of, they're going to be a real middle of the road team as far as the league goes this year, at least the way I see it. Yeah, that's fair. And like I said, I think those bottom people personally are a coin flip, but you know, I've been wrong before, you know, every so often. Yeah. It doesn't happen much, but once in a blue moon. Yeah, so with that, I uh, I think it's time to move to the uh, NFC East. I agree. Uh, once I'm going to spoil it for you right now. I think this is going to be the worst division <laughs> again uh, this year. But I don't I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get, but I do think Washington wins it. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I think Fitzpatrick. It you know at the end of last year he was kind of on a roll. Um, he looks like he's just having a blast at practice and at training camp and you know i love watching that man play football he has got such a high ceiling he unfortunately also has some really low floors at times but that being said washington's o-line's pretty good washington's d-line though on the other hand and i think this is where they really shine they've got a young and terrific d-line and a, they're a, a defense that is truly on the upside. I keep using that word, but Washington has a lot of pieces going in the right direction. I think they definitely win this division. I agree it's the worst division, but I think, you know, Washington at least has a pretty high ceiling. Another thing to think about is this is more or less the same team that we saw last year, you know, with the addiction of Fitzpatrick. And they found ways to win last year in the midst of team scandals of the midst of everything that went down with quarterbacks last year for them, you know, in the midst of all of that, they found ways to win and dang, they, they brought it to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They brought it to the Super Bowl championship team. 
they, and they gave, hung with it. They gave they, us a run for the money. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, you brought up their their D line and said that they're a young, good D line. They really are a young D line because of that man, Chase Young. Uh, yeah. He's gonna he's a monster, man, and that D line is gonna be scary. I think they're gonna gobble up the three O lines in the NFC East for sure. Oh, that they absolutely. Play. Uh, beware quarterbacks from the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants. But yeah, and I just think I think Ron Rivera is the best head coach in this. Yeah, that's division. A, that's another thing too. Ron Rivera is an amazing coach. Yeah, he he did awesome thing with the Panthers, and I think you know he found ways to win with the the Washington football team last year while dealing with cancer. We have a Ron Rivera beat cancer, and now he's here to beat the rest of the NFC East. Oh man, yes he is. Uh, I think that this is maybe a 9-10 win team this year. I don't think they're going to be much above 500, but I think they uh, win the division by a few games for sure. Uh, And we'll get to the mess that's behind them in a second. But uh, this is a team that is definitely on the upswing, I think. Uh, Terry McLaurin is an excellent receiver. Oh, man, Scary Terry is awesome. (laughs) He is I think he's really underrated right now by a lot of people, though. Yeah, I think he, you and I appreciate him a lot more as fantasy football players. But, yeah, I, he's really – I'm sorry. Not, I keep cutting you off. You're good. <laughs> the, the numbers don't lie, man. Uh, Terry sure is scary over there. And if you sleep on him too hard, uh, he will tear your defense apart. And I am a, a little nervous for when Seattle plays them. Uh, it's going to be a road game, and I that's the kind of game that scares me, a team that we should beat and might not. So that I think and – and I say that because I think that's going to be the situation for a lot of teams that play Washington this year, I think, outside of their division. It might go into that game with them thinking, hey, we've got this. Teams like the Chiefs, like the Packers, maybe your Bucks again. Although I think maybe Tampa Bay knows what Washington can bring after the playoffs last year. I think I think Tampa and especially I think uh, I think our coach has some a lot of respect for where the uh, the the Washington football team is at. But I think another reason they played us so tough and will play us so tough is Ron Rivera knows us. He yep. he spent a lot of time playing the Buccaneers twice a year. Yeah, yeah, but sure. I. I, I really I do like this this Washington football team um as it sits right now. I think they're kind of in the spot that the Cardinals were a couple of years ago, where they're they're a couple steps away from being a really good football team. Like they're they're fine right now, but they can be really good with a couple more steps. Yeah, I agree with you. They're like kind of right on the cusp. They give them yeah. a year, give them two years, and this team could be really a contender in the NFC if they keep on this trajectory. Yeah, uh, um, I think one of those steps is getting rid of their owner, and, and that would make them an amazing football team, but I digress. Yeah. Um, um, are you ready to try to untangle the mess that's behind them in the NFC? Yeah, um, I'm going to say I think the Giants are two. Really? I have I the do. Cowboys at two, but let's let's talk Giants first. So I'm, I'm really conflicted about this, to be perfectly honest, because – I do think the Giants and the Cowboys are the next best team. Sorry, Alex. Sorry, Eagles fans, but I do. Um, so my Giants pick right now is, is based on a couple of things. The Giants offseason, 
where they had some really good signings and the fact that I am betting on Daniel Jones. I am betting on him to take another step in his development. Um, that being, you know, better football control, you know, taking care of it. I've been, I've been working with my quarter, my new junior high quarterback. So I'm really focused on quarterbacks these past couple of weeks. And I, apologize. I like it. I like it. But him taking that next step in development, you know, being more secure with the ball. Cause he has shown that, uh, Daniel Jones is not the, the kind of the joke pick that we thought he was. He, oh. he has some talent. I love Danny dimes, man. The yeah. Gazelle. <laughs> If he if he can kind of work on his recognition of the defense as well, I I think he can take that next step into being you know, um, you know a worthwhile draft pick for the Giants. The yeah. other reason I said this is just the other day, um, I read an article talking about Dak Prescott, and I think Dak Prescott is a a league ahead of Danny Dimes where he's at right now. I really like Dak. We've talked about him before, but it's, it was saying that Dak still doesn't feel like he's at hundred percent and probably won't be this entire season. Uh-huh. That coupled with his injury and what we've seen in the past from several young quarterbacks, I'm thinking, you know, I'm getting some, you know, I think a lot of Derek Carr after he broke his leg, I think I think Dak is going to be a bit more skittish than he has been. And I think it's going to cause him to make some 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 have some poorer play than he really should have. Be a little gun shy. Yeah, be uh, a little gun shy. That's a great way to put it. Um so I think I don't think his his quarterback ability is going to be back at 100%. Um and if he's still hurting, he's not going to be as mobile as he could be. Um, I think the defense is going to have to lean a bit more heavy on Zeke, which defenses will key into. Um, and then we get, you know, Mike McCarthy. I, I don't hate nearly as much as him. I, I don't hate him like a lot of people do, but he's a coach that I think found some greatness and lost his way. And right now he's an utterly average coach. Yeah. So uh, I'll talk giants first a little bit and then I'll defend my Cowboys pick at second. Uh, I'll say right now, I really have the Giants and Eagles interchangeable in the last two spots. Uh, but as far as New York goes, uh, I like Daniel Jones too. I have always liked the kid ever since the pick. Uh, I didn't think a lot of fans, both in New York and otherwise, gave him kind of a fair shake right off the jump. Uh, but for me, it's the, the Saquon Barkley factor. Now, if he can stay healthy, uh, I think this team could get second in the division for sure. Uh, but he can't, he's coming off a pretty nasty injury himself, you know, as you were talking about with Dak. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's, it, it's tough because I look at their schedule and there's a lot of games that are going to be brutal. And the NFC East, the rule is everybody splits with everybody on the road. That's how it works, mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like. So as far as division games go, I really couldn't pick them for you if you asked me to right now. But the out-of-division games, I'm looking at games against the Chiefs, against the Chargers, against the Dolphins, against your Buccaneers, mm-hmm. uh, against the Rams, against the Saints even. Uh, it's a tough out-of-conference schedule, so I don't know. Uh, that, that alone makes me a little weary. I have the Giants as like a 5-6 win team this year. Maybe that's a little too harsh, but uh, – I think the Cowboys overtake them, 
and I will explain why. I think that uh, Zeke, I mean, he speaks for himself. I really don't have to say much there. I do agree with you. If Dak is not able to be his 100% true self and they do rely on the run game more, defenses are obviously going to hone in on that. But you've got guys like CeeDee Lamb uh, also on offense that, that gives that offense some versatility. Yeah. And uh, Ben DiNucci as a backup quarterback, I think, you know, if if push comes to shove and they need to rely on him again or whether it's him or a, a not 100% Dak Prescott, having a guy like CeeDee Lamb is going to really help things uh, on the outside. But then on defense, man, I really like Micah Parsons, their pick out of Penn State. Uh, yeah, but – and I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Micah Parsons does not fix that defense. He helps it, but – Overall, no, I think that defense is incredibly weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back end of the defense it concerns me for sure. Uh, let's let's not get that misconstrued. Uh, yeah, of course, he doesn't give a hundred percent fix to the defense. Uh, but we talked about it after the draft that uh, this feels like the first year in a long, long time the Cowboys actually addressed a need in the first yeah. round of the draft. And I don't know. I watched the kid play at Penn State. Maybe I'm thinking too much of him. Uh, but watching the HBO Hard Knock series with him in it this offseason too, uh, he's he's the real deal, and he's as billed, I think, and I think we're going to see that come the regular season. Now, it's not enough to have give them a winning record. It's not enough to get them to win this division, uh, and don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants take two. I wouldn't, I'd be a little more surprised, I guess, if the Eagles do, but really this whole division is kind of a mess behind Washington and so I don't I, I wouldn't be shocked at anything that happens in two three and four uh personal feeling is I have the Cowboys at two I have yeah. Giants at three I agree with you that the Eagles are four but I don't know if they're uh, I don't know if I have them as much of a gap between the four and three as maybe you do uh but yeah let, let's talk um, about the Eagles the Eagles I have honestly fourth by process of elimination I think the Eagles are they're it's weird. I think the Eagles right now have less of an identity than the team without a name. They are just off of, you know, basically dismantling of their Super Bowl winning team. They're they're looking at a brand new quarterback and they're just, you know, they're the epitome of the NFC East. They're just oh a mess of a team mm -hmm. um and you know new coach new quarterback there's there's a lot of growing pains here right now like removing yourself from like talking about players as a whole i just think this team they could prove me wrong but i think in almost every single aspect of where they're at right now they are set up for failure yeah i mean it, it sounds harsh but it's true and I, I don't know what to make of Nick Sirianni as the head coach yet. Uh, I don't think we're going to really get a good feel for the kind of head coach he is until maybe week five or six. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, that seems to be the route that it's leaning over there in Philadelphia. And he's not a bad quarterback, but he doesn't have a ton to work with right now. And uh, there's just not a lot on that team across the board that gives me confidence that they're going to – do anything of substance in this division now uh on defense uh, 
not that it's going to make a huge difference, but I always love to talk about our Montana State boy, Alex Singleton, who led the Eagles in tackles last year, has been lighting it up again this preseason. Uh, I think he's going to be key as linebacker on that defense because they need some sort of guy to centralize on somewhere on the team. And he, yeah. he, he has a potential to be that guy. Like you said with Micah Parsons, though, not going to be enough to fix the issues all on his yeah. own. You know, you can add a Band-Aid to the gunshot wound, but it doesn't fix it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You need a lot more Band-Aids. And I don't know, I like what you said about process of elimination because that's kind of how it is picking the NFC East. Uh, and yeah, so I have the Eagles in fourth. Uh, as far as a record goes, don't, don't ask me. I can't tell you. Uh, yeah. Maybe five or six wins again. But like I said, to me, it's really interchangeable with the Giants. Um and I don't know, the NFC East is going to be another crap show that won't maybe get decided until the final weeks of the season again. So who yep. knows what we're going to get? Uh, let's let's get out of that division. Let's start talking about our boys and their division. Where do you want to go first, the south or the west? Um, I On my list, the south is next, so we can save the west for last. Hey, hey, hey I like it. Clever. All right. Um. Man, I felt a lot more sure about this before Jameis started slinging that rock so much. Um, I mean, I knew Jameis Winston had the arm talent, but, you know, and I will say it's it's refreshing to see him having those nice passes again. I do hope that he succeeds in New Orleans. I hope he still loses to us, but I hope he succeeds in New Orleans. Um, and I'm hoping that that change of scenery is just what he needed. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, Sean Payton is a really good coach, although um, there's some, there's some hinky things going on with uh, Michael Thomas there right now. And it sounds like he doesn't really want to be in new Orleans and that maybe, maybe said Sean Payton hasn't been treating him the best. Uh, I don't know everything though. So, Otherwise, I do think – I think this is my Buccaneers years to win the division. We didn't do it last year um, in large part because we dropped two games to the Saints. Um, this year, I think, you know, we've had a full preseason. Brady's had that time to integrate with the team. Our team's rock solid. I mean, we kept the same team. So, barring any major injuries, I do think that we can win the division. Um, and I'm not going to gush over the Buccaneers and where they're at too much, but on our offense, Brady is what Brady is every year. We think it has got to be his last year. He can't, he's got to be on the decline and he is, but it's not nearly as steep as we think it is. He, he still makes good throws. We saw him several times last year, air out that ball. And he still has amazing football IQ. He understands that game better than most people ever will. And to compliment him on offense, we've got an O-line that's getting better. It's not the best, but it's getting better. And um, we've got, Leonard Fournette, who hopefully will stay in playoff Lenny mode, not regular season Lynette or Fournette, because um, there's a big difference. <laughs> um, 
And then we've got depth at receiver right now. Godwin, Evans, um, Antonio Brown, if he's I, – I don't know what happened with that preseason game and him throwing that punch. I, I do not know. Um, I just haven't had time to look into it. Um, but if he's going to be good to go during the season. Um, and then, you know, we have guys like Scotty Miller who can, as we saw, tear down field. Yes, sir. Um, and then our defense is – Man, it it's it feels like we're returning our defense to that 0-2 glory. It's really good right now. And the other thing is it's we've got a lot of young guys. Devin White is a is a stud. He is one of the best draft picks we've ever had. I I I I love that kid. He's so good. We've got veterans like JPP who continue to prove their worth. Um Nagamaton Sue, I can never say his name. Sue, um, while he's had a bit of a shady past, he's been really clean with the Buccaneers and has played really good football. And Tryon, our draft pack from this year in preseason, has been looking really, really good. Um, so I'm really liking where our team is at. I think we win the division. I think we make a playoff run and I'm going to leave it at that. Cause I don't want to get, I don't want to both be boastful. <laughs> I'll be um, boastful for you then. Uh, you're not, I don't think you're going to win this division. I almost know it. Uh, I think you're going to win this division easily. I've got you winning 14 games this year. I think you're the number one seed in the NFC playoffs and spoiler alert. I think you go back to the super bowl. Uh, I'd and, love to see it. Uh, to anyone who asks why, I would say either just see what my co-host just said about his team or uh, look at the roster and see 2020 and on offense and defense, you've got the same exact guys. That just doesn't happen, okay, anymore in the NFL. To bring back a full 22-man starting roster the next year after winning the chip, the Buccaneers are not going anywhere, and I think – yeah, I think you win the division. I think you get home field in the playoffs. I think you tear it up in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How, don't ask me how the Super Bowl goes, but I think you get there again for sure. Uh, and in second, I will talk about the Saints a little bit. I do have them in second. I don't have them as a playoff team, though. I think they miss out this year. Uh, it might be a little weird to say, <laughs> uh, but I think that I think Jameis is your guy for sure. After, yeah, what absolutely. I, after what I saw in that second preseason game against Jacksonville, uh, how could he not be? And I'm not, it's not to disparage Taysom Hill, but come on, Jameis can do things that Taysom Hill can't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean Payton is not committed to naming a starter yet down there in New Orleans, although I think we all know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. If Jameis can play like uh, Florida State Jameis and, and the glimpses we've seen in the NFL – yeah, I think the Saints have more than a fighting shot to make the playoffs, but I don't, I don't know if we're going to get that kind of consistency with him. We might. The the biggest thing about Jameis is he can play exceptional football. He has again, I was talking about floors and ceilings. He has an amazingly high ceiling, incredible ceiling. I sound like Donald Trump there. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> he has a high ceiling. He can play MVP caliber football. But that floor, those picks, 
They're bad, some of them. Until he shows me otherwise. And I love Jameis. I defended him so hard for so long. Um, But until he can overcome those picks, until he can close down the bakery, he, he will never be the great quarterback that he could be. You can't be elite if that bakery is open. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, he, he, he's leagues are, he's head and shoulders over Taysom Hill. Although what worries me right now is that Sean Payton is going to do, you know, a dual quarterback thing. Like, oh, well, some situations we'll put in Jameis. Some p- situations we'll put in Taysom. And while on paper, that may seem like a decent idea. Coaches have tried it before. One of the greatest coaches of all time, a man known for his hat, tried it before. Do you know who I'm talking about, Jerry, by the way? Landry. Yeah. Landry, with the Cowboys, tried it, and it was a huge failure. Works in college sometimes. Never seems to work in the NFL. No. Those teams are going to know the capabilities of each of those quarterbacks. You know when you're going in, Taysom Hill is not slinging the rock. Mm-hmm. Not the he, way Jameis can. No, and Jameis comes in. He's more of a dual threat. I think you should be sticking with Jameis. You can use Taysom Hill as a gadget player, as maybe a trick play guy, but I would not be starting him at quarterback. Yeah, and then outside of quarterback, I mean, you have Alvin Kamara, you have a chance. Yeah, uh, for sure. But there's just too many question marks in New Orleans, and the torch has been passed to Tampa Bay, I think, now. Uh, mm. so I, I, for sure, I'm going to say you won them two, and then the bottom two in the division. I don't know how you have it going, but I have the Atlanta Falcons at three and I have the Panthers at four kind of interchangeable though. Yeah. I have the Panthers at three, um, and the Falcons at four, the Falcons, I would feel okay putting at four three but they need to prove to me that they can play football first that they know the base that they know the game they have still not proven that from last year when they muffed that onside kick i was just gonna say they gotta figure out the onside kick deal for sure uh the falcons who now have josh rosen as a backup quarterback who just signed earlier this week uh not that that's gonna make a, a big difference to the outcome of this season but it's just a little interesting tidbit there yeah and ultimately, I think the, the Panthers outshine the Falcons because regardless of anything else, the Panthers have Christian McCaffrey. And For Christian sure. McCaffrey is an exceptional running back. As long as he stays healthy, the Panthers have a shot at winning a game. <laughs> at least one. At winning a game, yes. <laughs> um, the the Falcons right now don't have that outside of Matt Ryan. They don't have that kind of star player. Lost they lost Julio Jones. They lost Julio. Um, and none of their other pieces right now are just like, that is a difference maker. Maybe Kyle Pitts is, and there's a good chance he's going to be a receiving tight end more than anything. But right now, nothing on the Falcons really shines for me. And Matt Ryan, Man, I, I feel for that man. He is he is ridden through the Falcons. 
in some of the worst that they've ever had. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's why I have them as third is because of Matt Ryan. Uh, I think he is a definitely an above average quarterback. That to oh, say the he, least. he had his, the super the year when they, the year they went to the super bowl, he, I think he was MVP that year, right? Yes. Yeah, he was. And the um, year after that, he had played MVP caliber ball, but the rest of the team and their coaching at the time was so poor that they couldn't make it back. Yeah. And I like Calvin Ridley. He's probably their best receiver now. Uh, do I think he is a Julio Jones type? Of course not. Uh, you know, and like you said, Kyle Pitts, excellent in college. It has every uh, inkling that he's going to be excellent in the NFL, but we still have to see that. Uh, I, I don't know. The Falcons are they're, – they're starting the rebuild correctly, but, boy, they're still very early on in the process is what I'll yeah. say. Um, and, you know, part of it is, too, last year the Falcons were such a mess. Like, it was so bad. And, honestly, the, the Panthers weren't great. But I think they were pretty quietly just doing their thing their their new coach was kind of getting his his thing rolling um and i i think that they're in a better spot this year than the falcons are yeah and the panthers i i like sam darnold it's going to be interesting to see him in a new environment a place that's not the adam gase jets uh if he's not out there seeing ghosts i think the panthers uh could take third for sure in this division i don't know if they have enough to overtake the saints uh i don't think so either but the panthers are an interesting team because you have mccaffrey like you mentioned um and if he's healthy he's top three running back in the league i think yeah i mean we're talking about two teams right now that had a combined nine wins last year yeah so let's let's remember that too but uh yeah, I don't know. The Panthers, they definitely are going to – they're going to be that team that's going to be hard to get rid of in games, even games they lose, uh, yeah. I think. So I think, you know, they're going to keep it close with even the better teams that they play, like the Cardinals uh, or maybe even the Bills. I don't know. Maybe the Bucks games are going to be close. But I don't know. This team's not going to go quietly away this year, but I think – I mean, I still think they're – six seven win team at best yeah but anyway let's move down to the west um and talk about your seahawks man i mean Uh... i i have a lot of trouble placing this division i think it is the toughest division in the league right i was gonna say i had trouble placing it too for the opposite reasons we had with the nfc east because all four of these teams can i give a really hot take right now a yeah. hot take that might get laughed at. So now as the playoff expanded into seven teams in each conference, it is possible for a division to send all four of their teams to the playoffs. Uh, I think the NFC West is going to do that this year. I can totally see it. I see all three wildcard teams coming out of this division, uh, but you might find it interesting on who I have winning this division. I Yeah, I'd like to hear it. I have the 49ers winning this division wow yeah that's really surprising i did not 
see that coming. Uh, I don't think it's going to be my boys just because I think that we're going to struggle mightily in all six of our division games this year. And at best, I think we split those. Uh, but, and I don't think it's the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are a really good football team. I think they have talent abound on that team, both offense and defense. Uh, I see this thing and the Rams. I, I love Aaron Donald. One of the best defenders in the league, uh, Matt Stafford, who we've talked about uh, a lot on this show since the trade, but the 49ers, man, there's something about them this year. I think they're going to stay healthy. I think with George Kittle, uh, I, I think with Trey Lance, what he's got cooking over there, whenever they put him in as a starter, whether it's week one or not, uh, this team, I think, I think sometimes maybe you and I don't, but a lot of people forget that last year was the exception, not the norm in San Francisco because of all the injuries that piled up early on. Um, and again, this is all a big asterisk if they stay healthy, but I think they will. Um, and they just scare me. They just, this roster scares me. This team yeah. scares me. I think Kyle Shanahan's an excellent coach. I don't like saying it obviously as a Seahawks fan, but yeah. I do think the 49ers win this division. So uh, yeah. Uh, I'll let you tell me who you think is going to win the division and we'll kind of go from there. So I, I have, I don't know. I I've really struggled back and forth. Like every time I look at it, I'm like, maybe it's the Hawks. Maybe, maybe it's the Rams. And I, I just kind of go, you know, four different ways with it. I agree. Ultimately, I don't think the Cardinals win it. I think they need, I think Murray needs maybe one more year before, before that team can fire on all cylinders. I, I hope I, I, I kind of hate to say it. I hope it's this year and I'm wrong because for the pure fact that Fitz is running out of time as a football player and I, I really want to see him get a ring, man. I, I, I hate to say it, because it means a lot of other bad things happen for my team, your team, the NFC, the NFC, but I want Fitz to get her. I, I, I have so yet to meet a football fan who doesn't, to be honest with you. Uh, Fitz is one of those guys that it's going to be a crying shame if he never gets one. Yeah, he is literally a Hall of Famer, and if he retires without a ring, it's a shame. And the, the thing is, Arizona, as a, as a state and in the city of Glendale, and Phoenix knows what that's like because Charles Barkley with the Suns back in the day never got one. And yeah. So they don't want to see another one of their superstars go without a championship. But, yeah. yeah. But, come, but coming back to this, Man, now that you've talked about it, I, I totally see the 49ers winning it. And one of the things, you didn't talk about them, and I know you hate them, but you, you've got young Trey Lance. You know, second overall pick. I don't think he's ready to start personally. But you have that looming over one Jimmy Garoppolo. We know that at his best... His ceiling is the Super Bowl. And he he is going to know Trey Lance is looming. He makes, you know, has one bad game. That could be, that could be it. He's done. So there's a every possibility. And I 
I know you don't want to hear it, but the Jimmy Garoppolo plays, you know, well enough to get them to the Super Bowl or get them at least into the playoffs. Like we know he can get them there. He is very arguably not good enough to win it, but he has been there and he has gotten that team there before. He's not obviously the only piece, but yeah, I want to clarify a little bit of my dislike of Jimmy Garoppolo. I, it's not that I think he's a bad quarterback. Uh, yeah. I don't think he overrated. Can, I don't think he can perform in those moments though. Yeah. Uh, so Very Kirk Cousins ask if the 49ers win this division uh, and make a playoff run or whatever they may do. Uh, it will not be. I don't think if they win this division, it will be because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it will be a combination of a lot of things. Uh, he might be part of it, but it's not like he is going to yeah. put the team on his back and do it is what I'm saying. So, uh, and, and for me, the Trey Lance situation is uh, more of a when, not an if. He's going to be the starter at some point this year. I really believe that. Uh, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo has to know that it's right on his heels, like you said. Um, and I don't know if he'll start week one or maybe even in September, but I think come midseason – it will be Lance time in San Francisco. Um, and he's got enough pieces around him that whoever the quarterback is, I mean, they're set up for success. Yeah. Um, I guess moving on from the 49ers though. And I think all these, I think all these teams are going to be super close. Like it could be literally like a one, two, three, four game difference in first through fourth. That's I, what I have. <laughs> I think it's the Rams. Like, I, I, I really think it's the Rams. I think Matt Stafford is just going to, you know, he's going to spread his wings like a beautiful peacock and just fly away. <laughs> I think he's going to soar this year. And that might just be my, my bias on, I think Matt Stafford's been so underrated with the Lions. You know, statistically, he's an amazing quarterback. And I think now he is going to have the sh- – days to show how truly good he is now that he's out of the cesspool that is Detroit I just you know complimented Detroit earlier now I'm like ah they're a cesspool well I mean they they definitely grew stagnant for Stafford as I yeah. think the Rams might have a little bit for Goff but uh I like Stafford too I like I mean this Rams team scares the daylights out of me I I mean they knocked us out of the playoffs last year mm-hmm. but I actually have us at second and the Rams at third. Uh, yeah. I, I will gladly talk about the Rams right now, though. Uh, the, what concerns me about them currently is the running back situation is getting uglier by the day in terms mm-hmm. of injuries. Uh, in fact, Daryl Henderson just left practice the other day with what a, a injured thumb, I think is what it was. And who knows how long that's going to keep him out. The Rams are running very thin at running back now. So if, if they become a pass heavy team, um defenses and especially nfc west defenses uh are gonna definitely hone in on that and i don't know i i I always get wary when a team loses its run game more than its pass game i guess because i think when i mean it's not good to become one dimensional either way and i'm not saying the rams have lost their run game and especially for the whole season but 
when the margin of error in the NFC West is going to be so small this year, every little thing like that is going to make a difference. Uh, this is still an 11 win team, I think for sure. Uh, Aaron Donald, like I said before, Jalen Ramsey, that Rams defense is scary mm-hmm. and I'm not looking forward to playing them twice. Hopefully all it is is twice this year and not three times, but uh, yeah, I have them at third. It, it's interchangeable to me though, with us who I have at second. And then I have the Cardinals just a, a Nick behind at fourth. But I, like I said, I have all four of these teams going to the playoffs. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, the opposite of the NFC East where the Cardinals fall to the four spot by elimination. Unfortunately, it's not that we don't think they're going to be in the playoffs, yeah, right now the other teams just have an edge on them. And, you know, the Cardinals now talk about another good defense, J.J. Uh, Watt. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, you know, is a game changer. For sure. Yeah, it's, and I think that Cardinals defense, we've talked, I've talked endlessly about how much I like Buda Baker. I, I think he's an amazing football player. Um, Not quite as fast as maybe some uh, receivers in the league, but. Not as a DK Metcalf anyway. No, it's hard to be as fast as that freak of nature, man. <laughs> uh, DK, I'm sorry. You're not a freak, but you are freaky fast. Uh, yeah, for sure. The Cardinals scare me almost as much as the Rams do, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and then on offense, Kyler Murray uh, is so fun to watch. And DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is top three receiver in this league, if not the best receiver in this league. Yeah, uh, they're just stacked, and yeah. uh, your boy Cliff Kingsbury, excellent coach. Oh he's yeah, got, he's got this team rearing to go. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I've said this many times. If they weren't in my division, man, I'd root for them so hard. But I just can't. I can't actively pull for a Cardinals win, uh, especially if they're playing us. But I will when they're playing the Rams and the Niners. How about that? Fair enough. Yeah, All but right. why don't you tell me about the Seahawks and why they're so good? Uh, well, <laughs> let's uh, – set me up quite hefty there. I did, like I said, have them at second, but let's see. Uh, I, I think this team is going to, for better or worse, stumble into 12 wins again, kind of like they seem to do. Uh, we're going to lose a game we shouldn't lose, and we're going to win a game maybe we shouldn't win. That seems to be the Seahawks formula. Uh, just signed Jamal Adams to a four-year deal, which I'm excited about, but now uh, that he's healthy, uh, I need to see the Jamal Adams we made the trade for with the Jets a year ago. I need to see what all that hype was about. Because when he was healthy last year, he made some great plays, as far as getting in the backfield from a defensive back position, which is impressive enough in itself. Uh, a couple crazy picks uh, always had a nose for where the football was, but we need to, I need to see, I need to see like the guy now that he's healthy. That's now that he's got the money in the four years. Yeah. Uh, you need to see him justify that price tag. Definitely. So, um, and then on offense, uh, we just brought back tight end Luke Wilson on Tuesday uh, today, actually, the day we're recording this, but uh, I don't think that's going to make a huge difference. You know, we still got Will Disley at tight end too. If he can stay healthy, he's another guy that I'm really excited about. Uh, that's a big if for him, though. Poor guy's been very injury prone the last few years. 
Uh, Russell Wilson had the scare this offseason that we might lose him, that he might be done in Seattle. I've talked about it before. I think this is him giving the Seahawks an absolute last chance uh, as far as building a productive offensive line and, you know, actually being committed to diversifying the offense a little bit, not just handing it off all the time. Like we sure seem to a lot last season. Um, so Russell Wilson, if you have him, you have a chance always, I feel like. And then our receiving core who we've touched on a little bit with DK Metcalf, you throw in Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think we have one of the best receiving duos in the league, kind of right up there with your boys, actually, with Mike Evans and Scotty Miller. Yeah. You, you mean Chris Godwin? And Chris Godwin. Yeah, you got the trio over there. <laughs> we got the quadro, man. The quadro. But uh, Tyler Lockett, I, I love that kid so much. He has made some of the most incredible catches I've ever seen as a football fan. Uh, watching him is a delight and uh, I think our offense is going to be really good honestly I I think our passing game especially is going to be really good Uh, DJ Dallas on the ground game has been kind of lighting it up this preseason so far it's weird to say because the Seahawks have got kind of smacked around in both of our games so far but uh, I I don't know didn't and then looking at it just from a schedule standpoint we have a tough schedule this year as you'd expect finishing first last year we have a first place schedule uh every division game is going to be hard like i said we'll be lucky to win half of them uh we got the packers on the road we've got uh you guys or no we don't have you guys this year thank goodness i was gonna say we're we're not in that rotation i I keep i keep thinking that you won the division last year with the way you played in the playoffs uh yeah but we've, we've got the titans we've got the colts both of those two teams right off the bat actually uh both games that we definitely cannot overlook <laughs> um I don't know. This is just going to be, it feels like another Seahawk year in the making. Like I said, stumbling into a double digit win season into the playoffs as a wild card. I couldn't even begin to tell you what we do once we get to the playoffs, but uh, yeah, I have us at second, but I want to hear your outsiders take on the Seahawks. So the Seahawks for me, I, I think they've got a lot of talent. Again, they, with all the stuff that happened this off season and kind of the way things broke down last season, like they feel again, kind of in an awkward stop or spot where they don't quite, they're not quite where they should be. And I think part of that is the big emphasis put on Russ. Russell Wilson is one of the most electrifying quarterbacks I've ever watched play. He's one of the most talented people I've ever watched play football. But man, he is not a one-man band. And unless unless they have changed that, and unless that and you know, like you said, um Jamal Adams should be healthy this year. But unless that defense helps him a lot more this year, where where Russell Wilson doesn't always have to be playing from behind, it feels like, or at least feels like he's playing from behind. I don't think that the Seahawks are gonna be a good team. And they always find a way to win, it seems like, and get into that at least close to the playoffs, if not in the playoffs. But, man, they need to work on some consistency because when the offense was firing last year, the defense was off. When the defense started to kind of clean it up at the end of the year, the offense was... Yeah, it would have been really nice if those two things lined up. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. 
And, you know, last year, Russ, the whole let Russ cook thing worked, was working really well. And I feel like he just, I think we talked about it, kind of got the yips where he could not, he just had that stretch of games where he had like what, six interceptions yeah it was bad and it came right after a start to the season where he was in the mvp talks yeah uh because of how well he started and some of this is going to fall on pete carroll where pete carroll needs to just step back a little bit and trust that uh you know football is not what it's always been i guess being an older coach i think pete gets stuck in his ways a lot i think he it thinks that if we just keep running it and if we just keep pounding the rock, eventually it's going to break through. Um, and that wasn't the case last year in the latter half of the season, as we saw. Yeah. And Russell Wilson has done enough now in this, what his ninth year uh, to, sh- to prove that he is more than capable of getting the keys to the kingdom a little bit, as it were to the offense. So I think Pete needs to, trust his quarterback uh to make some plays with his arms as well as his legs and some of that comes on the offensive line too uh we did bring over gabe jackson from the raiders this offseason which i am excited about he alone does not fix everything but he helps uh if the offensive line can play up to snuff and give russ some time to cook so to speak uh watch out NFC because Russell Wilson behind a good offensive line should be a very scary thought. But right now I think we're going to have an average offensive line at best. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it just, it, I want to see how productive this off season was in terms of all the is Russ leaving? Is he not stuff? Because you've got to believe that after he came back to the team, uh, there was definitely probably some awkward sit down talks with coaches and him and exactly where the team is. And I hope that those were productive. I hope that, that they listened to him because Russell Wilson deserves to be listened to mm-hmm. in terms of that at this point. So big question mark. Once again, I know I said this last year before the season, uh, I still, we're a very talented football team, but is that talent going to show through? I think is the question. Yeah. And like I said, like, I think this division is all so good. And a lot of this is just nitpicky stuff for them, but you need to be nitpicky when you're talking about the NFL, but yeah. So we've talked about both the NFC and the AFC now at, at length. Um, and yeah, it should be an, a really good football year. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to, cause there's, you know, we talked about it at length. I think there's going to be some teams that just, you know, out of left field, like they're going to be way better than they should be. Like the Jacksonville's, Jacksonville Jaguars of a few years ago. Spoiler, I don't think it's going to be Jacksonville. I this thought year, you were going to say them for a second this year. I was like, oh boy. No, Hot regardless all of, around. even if Trevor Lawrence starts and he is the best quarterback in the world, the Jacksonville Jaguars O-line has really shown how poor they are in the Trevor last Lawrence got games. some welcome to the NFL moments the other night against the Saints for yeah. sure. Uh and Minshew's not giving that up easy. He, he's no. fighting tooth and nail and God I love that kid man. I just love him. And w- whether or not he ends up as the starter, uh which I don't think he will still wherever he ends up, uh Gardner Minshew love love him to death. Yeah. He, he's an awesome guy. But before we end, I, I did my first fantasy draft this past weekend. 
your first we're, one. Oh, you're yeah, in another we're, league. We're doing a well. We're doing a school league. That's fair. I'm doing a work league also, or I might. Be, you so. how dare you make me feel guilty? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just so, as long uh, as ours takes precedence. Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right. But I want you, I want to run down this roster with you because I think it's a really good roster. Ooh, a little teaser for the fantasy episode next yeah. week. So let, let me let me tell you my quarterback. Okay. For my primary quarterback, I got old Justin Herbert. Oh, Herbie. I grabbed also Justin Fields for later down the line. If, if it's he's some, really it's something going. about that name, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even realize that. Uh, <laughs> well, you... I should have named my team Justin's Justin's. <laughs> what is your team name? Uh, Godwin's Goons. <laughs> I'm really going with that alliteration this year. I like it. All right, but at running back. Starting, we've got Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Ooh. A receiver, we've got options. We've got Terry McLaurin. We got nice. Adam Thieland. We got Michael Thomas. We got Jarvis Landry. We got Marvin Jones Jr. You got some We're dogs. That. <laughs> you got some dogs. Oh, and we got Jalen Waddle. You know who Jalen Waddle is? I know who Jalen Waddle is. Okay. You didn't have a reaction. I was like, oh, okay. I was just waiting for more. Yeah. At tight end, I'm taking a chance here. Kyle Pitts. Did you draft him first in the first round? No, I did not. Okay. Listen Um, to last year's fantasy episode if you don't know what that's referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I got OJ Howard. OJ Howard, who could have a huge year if he's healthy. And then we got the Browns defense, and we got Young Kohu, Young Young Hoku, excuse me, for kicker. Nice. We got we got a nice team. I also got, got Phillips Lindsay. He was my last pick of the draft. You got a pretty good looking team over there. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling really good about them. All right, like I said, that serves as a good teaser because uh, listeners, next week is going to be our annual fantasy football uh, episode. We might have a couple guests on. We're hoping to have a couple guests on. And uh, we're going to break down when we do the episode this year, we will have already drafted our teams for the league we're in together. So we'll get to talk about our rosters. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what's coming up right around the corner. Uh, we got to get the shout outs though, sir. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead. Um, I've got kind of a, a two parter to be All right. honest. Let's hear it. Um, so my first one is going to Jameis Winston. I've gotta, I gotta show some respect to my boy. You know, I'm I'm happy to see the ex Buccaneer finding some success, even if it's unfortunately on the Saints. Um, but the other part of that has to go to his receiver Marquise Callaway. Yeah, those two touchdowns to him. Oh, things of beauty. Oh, those catches. Oh, mama. Teardrops. Just teardrops he dropped in there. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, whoo. In the left, bottom left of the end zone. Oh, mama. That was a good catch. I feel like this is an expansion buddy's first. Justin Wright, our resident Buccaneers fan, just shouted out to New Orleans Saints. I, I got to, you know, real recognize real, man. <laughs> yes it sure does uh and that's why my shout out is to little league world series pitcher eli jones my guy threw a no hitter the other day 
in an elimination wow. game. It was the first no hitter thrown in the Little League World Series since 1980. Crazy stuff. That, that's a little while. It's been a minute. Uh, so Eli Jones, uh, shout out to you, young man. That's an incredible feat. And the coolest thing about the whole situation was that the very first person to congratulate him when it was over was the other team's coach. So wow. Little League World Series is cool, man. It's sportsmanship that you really don't see a lot at the uh, upper levels or at least not that amount of it. So shout out to uh, Eli Jones. Shout out Eli Jones. And I don't have any call outs this week. So I also don't, I guess. All right. Well, uh, we've got uh, the NFL preview now over the last two episodes. Thank everyone who listened and bared with us over these last two episodes. Let us know if you agree or disagree with anything we've said here over the last couple of weeks. I guarantee they all disagree. <laughs> every single because we didn't pick their teams to go to the yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I personally I'm looking forward to Alex um somehow listening to this episode in like two weeks and being like, hey, you idiot, what do you mean the Eagles are last? Eagles, number one seed all the way to the Super Bowl. That was for every you, year, Alex. number one. <laughs> that was for you. Uh yeah. We appreciate everyone who listened, even if we uh, didn't pick your teams to do particularly well this year. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, plug Justin and I into your life for a little bit. Uh, so wherever you listen from, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the can on a string, uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at the expansion BU1. Be sure to check us out on Instagram with the same handle. We don't do a lot on Instagram, but we're hoping too soon. We're planning too soon. Uh, Check us out wherever you can and uh, tell your friends to tune in if they like sports, even remotely. Yeah. Even if they, if they think of sports and they smile and think, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even those friends tell them to listen to the expansion buddies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I, I, I don't know what that was. You're tired. I'm tired. I think we're going to close up shop on this bad boy. But before we do, Justin, never forget. Party Lake is 1976.